The Giants are playing consistently bad baseball and their playoff odds are slipping by the day. Yesterday, they lost 7 to nothing to the Arizona Diamondbacks, who are in last place in the NL West. Hey, the Giants are only five games back of last place in the NL West. And meanwhile, they are, what, 16 and a half games out of first place in the division. But they're still in the wildcard race as the trade deadline is now officially one week away. So we're going to talk about everything going on with this team and what they ought to do next. You are Locked On Giants, your daily San Francisco Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. My name is Ben Kaspic, and on this show, we provide daily episodes Monday through Friday talking about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data-driven and rational, but also simple, passionate, and accessible to all. I'm a former contributor for the baseball statistics and analysis websites Beyond the Box Score and Rotographs. I've been podcasting about the Giants since 2015, and I'm a lifelong fan. Thank you for making Locked on Giants your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts. And coming up on today's show, we're going to talk as little as possible about last night's game. Giants just getting handled by the Arizona Diamondbacks after the four-game sweep in L.A. You know, the Giants have not had an easy time with below 500 teams. There's There have been plenty of times all season long when they haven't looked good, including against bad teams. And this is kind of a a very important stretch for the San Francisco Giants because the trade deadline is a week away and the Giants are one of these teams that now looks to be teetering on contention. Fangraph's latest update after yesterday's drubbing by the D-backs has the Giants playoff odds at only 33.6%. So a one in three shot, which is decent, but it, you know, Coming out of the All-Star break, they were over 50%. So this last these last five games have been disastrous at an important time for the Giants. And the question is going to be, are they buyers or are they sellers or are, do they stand pat or do they do a little bit of both? And a lot is going to be informed by how they play over the next week. And what for me, I mean, it's obvious, but they're trending in the direction of looking like a team that possibly will be sellers and it's not like they have a whole lot to trade but what they do have would become I mean the guy that would be the most obvious trade candidate candidate would be Carlos Rodon and if he were to be made available he would suddenly be the best available starting pitcher arguably the most desirable pretty much any contender would want Carlos Carlos Rodon. I mean, the the salary is twenty one and a half million dollars this year. So maybe there are some teams, cheap teams like the Rays, who wouldn't want to take on all of that money. But the Giants, being in the position they're in, they could pay down. They could agree to pay down all of it and just try to get the best prospect type return they could. Now, there are a number of things to say about this. Number one, it is an extreme seller's market right now, and one of the main reasons is that there's an extra playoff spot in each league. So there are more teams in contention than ever before. And also there aren't a lot of great starting pitchers out there. So Mike Petriello of MLB.com wrote about this exact situation this morning. And so I would highly recommend checking out that piece. 
And he's absolutely right. There, there just aren't a lot of great starters, and there are uh, more teams out there looking for help as they are in contention. And so, obviously, if you're the Giants and you trade Carlos Rodon, you're kind of just giving up on the season. And that is something that just a couple days ago I was saying I didn't think it would be something they could justify doing, but then they they just have not. They've continued to play extremely poorly over the last week. I mean, since the All Star break since coming out of the all-star break but if they can turn it around they're only two and a half games back and so that very literally means just in a few days here they could be back in a playoff position i know it never seems likely when you're trending the other direction but it really only takes one or i mean it takes in this case a few good days for you and then for your opponents to have a few bad days in order for things to turn around so the Giants are at 500 they're 48 and 48 they have not been below 500 this year I saw a note I think it was John Shea in the San Francisco Chronicle mentioned that they haven't been below 500 since I think it was April 6th of 2021 and they're the only team in the major leagues that hasn't been below 500 at any point during that span and so if they lose tonight they will be below 500 so it has definitely felt that way. This has not been a good season for the Giants. It has just been a struggle. And at times they look like helpless and like they don't have a shot. And the thing is, if you talk about adding to this team, even if it's Juan Soto, easily the best possible addition the Giants could make for one individual player, Juan Soto doesn't fix this team. I don't think Juan Soto does enough to make this a slam dunk team to make the postseason even this year. Like we can look at the numbers. We've talked about how when you're talking about a two-month rental, there's just not enough time for the value of an elite player to to really catch up and make that much of a difference. And that's why when you're talking about star players who are only rentals, like two-month acquisitions, the cost just isn't that high. And it's because they can't make that much of an impact in a limited amount of time. Like for example, Fangraphs, has Juan Soto producing about 2.8 wins above replacement for the rest of the season from this point. And so the Giants, I mean, I tried to look at, okay, who's some of their worst outfielders right now? Because that's theoretically whose spot he would be taking. And so let's just look at Lamont Wade Jr. His projection here in only 180 plate appearances, Soto projected at about 265. So obviously it's a platoon. So it's actually, this is not even a sufficient number. When I say uh, Wade is projected at 0.6, Fangraphs wins above replacement. But really, if you add the other side of the platoon there, you add another 100 plate appearances. Let's call it one win above replacement for this platoon that Soto would be replacing with Wade and somebody else. So if you're getting one out of Wade plus whatever righty, and you're getting 2.8 out of Soto, you're really only gaining, according to this Fangraphs estimate, about 1.8 wins for the rest of the season. The projection for the Giants, according to Fangraphs, for the rest of the season is 83. I mean, not for the rest of the season. Their win total for now 2022, given that they're 48 and 48, is 83.5. So what did I say? 1.8 more wins. If you add two wins to that, you're only projected, according to Fangraphs, at around 85 and a half wins, which, I mean, when I look at the Cardinals, 
they're projected at 85. When I look at the Phillies, they're projected at 85. So I guess it does give you that boost to put you like on the fringe of being that team that makes that last wildcard spot. But I don't think that like, is it worth giving up Kyle Harrison, Marco Luciano and all the club control? That's the key ingredient here is it's not just their prospects. They could be busts. They could be good. And they're not going to be as good as Juan Soto. It's about the control. You have Harrison and Luciano once they reach the majors for six years of service each. And for Soto, you're getting the rest of 2022 plus two years. And it's not just going to be Harrison and Luciano. You're probably going to give up Doval and Luis Gonzalez and others, Elliot Ramos. I mean, you're giving up so much club control and I get it. It's a debate. There's a, there's a case to be made that it's worth making a move like that, but there's also a case to be made that it's not. So coming up next, we're going to continue this discussion. I want to get into how, I think I can make a case for the Giants to target a Juan Soto, but only if they do something else in addition. So we'll get into that additional element in just a second. But first, whether you're ready to pop the question or you're celebrating a milestone moment, find jewelry as unique as her with the modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. Looking for fine jewelry but having trouble choosing? Blue Nile has jewelry experts on hand 24-7, available via phone or chat, to help you find a memorable gift at every budget. And to me, this is a game changer. You've heard me talk about this before. But I don't like going into a store, whether it's a, a car dealership or a jewelry store, and having to deal with that whole situation. It's kind of pressure-packed, typically. So if I can do this from home, get an expert on a chat, and be able to buy this unique jewelry, that's a game changer. Make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com and going on now is the Blue Nile Anniversary Sale. Save up to 40% on classic fine jewelry pieces and 25% on engagement ring settings. Plus, every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress-free and find your forever piece. Go to BlueNile.com today. All right, here we go. We're going to continue talking about what the Giants should do at the upcoming trade deadline. I'm only talking about Soto because Dan Zimborski over at Fangraphs wrote a piece about, you know, hypothetical trades. It's just a, I don't want to say that he's being clickbaity, but it's a, it's a fun topic. I mean, we should talk about this on this show, just hypothetical trades. And so he put up this piece on Fangraphs, Dan Zimborski, of course, the creator of the zips projection system and he made a soto trade the only soto trade he made he had them going to the san francisco giants that's not inside information he's not like saying he knows that this would be the package he's just making it up but the package that he put together for juan soto going to the giants first of all had the giants also taking on all of patrick corbin's remaining contract which is, I think, about $60 million. It might even be $70 million for this year plus two more years, $60, $70 million total. And so the Giants would be getting Soto for his two and a half years, Corbin for his two and a half years. And just to be clear, that's a pure salary dump. It makes sense for the Giants to want to take on Corbin because it lessens the prospect cost, the player cost. If the Giants can get Soto for as much 
money, like they should want to take on as much money as possible. But the Nats would have a, a line that they would draw because they also want talent in return. But it is possible that there's a deal to be made where you strike a balance between taking on money and giving up players. But in this case, in the hypothetical here, Zimborski has the Nationals also receiving Marco Luciano, Kyle Harrison, Luis Gonzalez, and Elliot Ramos. So I think that that seems about right to me. I do wonder if it wouldn't quite take that much if you're taking on all of Patrick Corbin. And the reason for that, I keep going back to this, is the Dodgers' last trade deadline when they got Max Scherzer and Trey Turner from these very same Nationals. Trey Turner is on par talent-wise in the short term. I get it, Soto is much younger, but if you look at numbers and like wins above replacement, Trey Turner is is easily one of the most underrated players in the game because he's a very good hitter, but he's also a very good defender and a very good runner. So you add it all together and the value is somewhat similar to what Juan Soto has done in the recent past. I'm not saying projecting forward because Turner will get older and Soto is still extremely young and has not even reached his peak yet. But the Dodgers getting Trey Turner for a year and a half knew that they were getting elite talent. And then Max Scherzer was a rental, but he was in this deal. And so I'm not so sure that the value should be that different between what the Dodgers gave up for that package of an elite player for one and a half years, less than Soto, who's two and a half years, but then you add Max Scherzer. So that's another half year. The thing is, it's a deal for, it was a deal for two playoff runs and only, uh, Scherzer was only there for one. So it is different. But I'm not so sure that the value going back should be that far off from what the Dodgers gave up. And what the Dodgers mostly gave up were two players considered by some to be roughly top 25 prospects in the game in Josiah Gray and Kbert Ruiz. And so for the Giants here in this hypothetical of Luciano and Harrison, I think that's roughly equivalent to Josiah Gray and Kbert Ruiz. But then you're also giving up Luis Gonzalez and Elliot Ramos, and you're also taking on Patrick Corbin. And Patrick Corbin, I like that Dan Zimborski pointed this out. The financial value of taking on that deal is is uh, equivalent to a 60 future value prospect, which is a prospect better than Luciano or Harrison, according to many prospect evaluators. These guys are you know, 55s or 60s, according, you know, on the 20 to 80 scale, that's often where Luciano and Harrison kind of land. So the most valuable kind of asset in the entire deal is the Giants taking on Corbin. I get it. Like, it depends on what you value. If you're a team that just wants the talent, then taking on the money doesn't matter. But this is a nice balance. So I'm not sure. I think you're like adding, maybe you can take one of those guys out is what I'm trying to say and that it would still be fair. But would the Nationals do that? I'm not so sure. But anyway, let me know what you think. Would you do this? Juan Soto for two and a half years for Marco Luciano, Kyle Harrison, Luis Gonzalez, or maybe Lamont Wade kind of either or Elliot Ramos, maybe instead of the two of them, you put a Camilo Duvall in there, something like this. Plus you're taking on Patrick Corbin. For me, that's a little bit too steep. And I would try to keep one of Luciano or Harrison and maybe add another good prospect, but not one quite on that level. 
And then getting to what I was teasing a little bit earlier, I can kind of convince myself to go there for the Giants making this type of move, but only under one circumstance. If you're going to go for it, really go for it and go get a catcher. They need help at the catcher position. There was a actually report from Jeff Passan at ESPN today that the Giants are poking around the catcher market. It was in relation to him talking about Wilson Contreras, but he wasn't specifically saying the Giants were after Contreras. He said that they're known to be kind of poking around looking for a catching upgrade. And that's no surprise. Joey Bart could be optioned or he could be your second catcher. Austin Wins just hasn't really been good enough to warrant being he's not he he shouldn't probably be a future piece on this team. He can't be optioned. Bart can. Uh Casale is injured, but like I said, you could cut Austin Wins, you could option Joey Bart, you could have Casale, and you could have whoever else, Wilson Contreras or some other. There's not a lot of good catchers out there, but Contreras is a rental. It'll probably not be cheap, but it's not going to cost you Harrison or Luciano. And so maybe you give them up in this deal and you also go out and get a Wilson Contreras. You also go out and get a Joey Wendell, for example. So you've shored up your infield defense, you've brought in Soto and you've upgraded at catcher. And then I also think you probably need to make a couple bullpen moves, in which case you probably don't want to give up on Camilo Duvall. So all of this probably sounds a little bit far-fetched, and that's because it probably is. I don't see the Giants just gutting their farm system, pushing all their chips into the middle for this 2022 team. Because even if you do all that, you've still got Brandon Belt coming up there, hobbling on one knee and just not being the player that the Giants hoped he would be this year. You've still got Brandon Crawford on the IL and looking old and ineffective. You've still got Evan Longoria looking old and injury prone. You've still got the Tommy LaStella and that whole issue there. You've still got on and on and on David VR kind of struggling. You've got your mean Mercedes and his defensive limitations. You've got Wade not being the same guy. You've got Peterson in a deep slump. So even if you do all this, Although that's what I'm saying. If it's just Soto and all the other problems with this team remain, I'm not sure they're fixed. And in fact, I keep saying this, but Soto has not been a good defender this year. He's got really odd kind of every other year fluctuates between being really good and really bad. And so I'm inclined to think he's somewhere in the middle. But this year he's been very bad defensively by a lot of different defensive metrics. And so you add a Soto... And you might just continue to have blunderous defense, and he only comes up one time every time through the lineup. And of course, I've said this before, but the Nationals already have Juan Soto, and they're the worst team in the league. And so one player does not fix a team by any means in Major League Baseball. So there's definitely a case to be made that it is not wise to give up really good prospects for Juan Soto, but also I'm just on the, I'm tempted by star talent and I think that I mean he's under club control for a couple more years so if you trade for him you also make some other moves you also go out and try to sign an Aaron Judge like I'm I kind of want them to be more aggressive than they've been this is the fourth year under this front office and they've just kind of been twiddling their thumbs in a way like they haven't made this type of move where they've pushed their chips into the middle so coming up next we'll talk about the alternative which might make the most sense, sense, whether it's selling or simultaneously doing some buying 
and selling. But first, whether you're a casual card collector or looking for exciting alternative investment opportunities, the free sports card investor app has something for you. As players like Adley Rutschman, Jeremy Pena, other exciting rookies, eventually Kyle Harrison, Marco Luciano, make the jump to the big leagues, you can use the free sports card investor app to check the prices and buy their first baseball cards. There's never been a better time to start collecting cards of your favorite players like Mike Trout, Aaron Judge, Juan Soto, of course, maybe one or two of those guys is a future giant. Maybe, just maybe, right? We can hope. Shohei Otani. With the free Sports Card Investor app, you can see the latest values and find great deals to build a -a one-of-a-kind collection. Download the Sports Card Investor app today, available for free in the Google Play and Apple app stores, or go to sportscardinvestor.com slash locked on. All right, as promised, we're going to talk about talk about the perhaps reasonable alternative for the Giants to my crazy idea of pushing all your chips into the middle. Here's the thing, like when I mentioned Soto and Contreras and Wendell and bullpen pieces, you could target guys who are under club control for more than a year. And Soto is one of those cases. There are some bullpen options out there under club control for more than a year. Uh, some guys who have come not just come to mind but i've done some research on them like andrew chafin of the detroit tigers under club control he's on he's on a two-year contract so he's someone you could bring back next year as well you've got jose cisnero i think also on the tigers you've got joe jimenez i think also on the tigers they've got some bullpen arms that i think would make sense for the san francisco giants so you could make moves that are present oriented and gives you a shot in 2022 here's the thing i want to be clear about i've been asked this question like why not just sell and the reason why is because there's a tremendous value in my opinion in going for it in a given year and in fact i vividly remember seeing alex anthopoulos the general manager or president of baseball operations he's the head dog in uh, atlanta And last year at the trade deadline, the Atlanta Braves were 51 and 55, I believe. And they were five games back in the division and more than that in the wildcard race at the deadline. And what did they do? They made some minor acquisitions. They did not sell. They could have possibly justified selling Freddie Freeman. It's not exactly the same as Carlos Rodon, but he was an impending free agent. It's not the same because... I think everybody expected that they were going to re-sign him, probably including the Braves. And so you're not just going to trade a franchise icon. I don't know if he had no trade rights or not, but they could have justified selling off of that team. Everybody acts like, I mean, not everybody, but I, I get like people pushing back on the idea that like that the Braves were counted out. People counted the Braves out last July myself included, like in the industry, nobody expected the Braves. They had just lost their best player, arguably. You know, Freeman's also very good, but Acuna blew out his ACL in July and was out for the season. And yet they made some reasonable moves. And the thing is they didn't give up top prospects because the players they got were not like the stars of the trade market. Eddie Rosario, Jock Peterson, who wasn't having a very good season, and Jorge Soler were like their three acquisitions and they just kind of remade their outfield on the fly and it worked. They caught fire. They 
won the division with 88 wins, I think. And they went on to win the World Series. And what I was saying was, what I vividly remember was their GM, president of baseball ops, whatever his title is, Alex Anthopoulos, saying in an interview, I think it was on like opening night, that something he learned in Toronto was to never give up on a season because he was in Toronto for a while. And I forget how he learned the lesson. Maybe he did it once and and they just missed the playoffs and they regretted it. I forget. There was a powerful kind of story to it, but it was reinforced last year in a major way because it would have been easy to give up on that season, but they didn't. They just made a little effort. They didn't tear it down and it, it worked. Like the magic just kind of happened and people did not expect that to happen for that team. And so people don't expect it for the Giants. And I just think there's value in each and every season in just making an effort. We've seen the Giants play well at times this year, including against good teams. They swept the Dodgers in a series. They won three out of four against the Brewers. They won a series against the Mets. They've they swept the Cleveland, Gar- Cleveland Guardians, who have also been a pretty good team. We've seen them play well at times. So in baseball, in my opinion, you get into the playoffs and you can be that surprise team, especially if you make some additions, right? To me, like it's clear the Giants need some help. I'm not saying stand pat. I don't think that that's the best path forward for this team. I think there's a case to be made for doing a little selling. Like you could you could get Juan Soto and you could trade away Jock Peterson. I just must say, just interject here. Peterson has been disappointing, I would say, overall on the season because he's he's in a prolonged funk right now. And overall, just the defense hasn't been there. The base running hasn't been very good. The hitting has just been okay. I mean, it's been good, but as expected against right-handed pitching. And you could trade him away and just go with your more club control guys like Wade and Luis Gonzalez and Mike Yastrzemski and get a Juan Soto do some selling and do some buying simultaneously. But anyway, I just think personally, you can disagree with this. Every season, if you have have a shot, is worth putting a little effort into because you never know if you're going to be that team. And if you can make the postseason, it riles up the fans. You you gain goodwill. Not that they necessarily deserve it. This has been a very disappointing season so far. But I'm going to, just like the Braves last year, they caught fire and it, it ended up they ended up winning the World Series. I'm not saying the Giants and the Braves are the same team. Obviously they're not, but oftentimes the team that wins the World Series is not the team that was predicted to win the World Series. And so I just think there's value in it and let's say you sneak into the wild card game and like I said, I mean, the Nationals beat the Dodgers yesterday after how badly the Giants played against LA, the Nationals, the worst team in the league, just went into LA last night and beat the Dodgers. So any team can win this best of three series in the playoffs, including the Giants, as unlikely as it seems at this moment in time. Obviously, it's possible. The Nationals just beat the Dodgers yesterday in LA. So anyway, you get in, maybe you miraculously pull off a series win if you have Rodon and Webb. You have as good of a shot as anybody, kind of. And then you get home playoff games. I just think there's so much value in that that it's worth trying unless you're just overwhelmed. And what we mentioned about Rodon and it being a seller's market. And if you could just get blown away by an offer for Carlos Rodon, 
I think you consider it. So that's where the Giants are at right now. I think they're right on that fence. And that's why every single game is important. And not just for the Giants, but watching the Phillies and watching the Cardinals. Cardinals without Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt in Canada because of vaccination status. So that hurts them for these two games in Toronto. So we'll be watching those games. We'll be watching the Giants and each and every day is super important. And we'll be back tomorrow to update you on the games. And of course, the latest rumors as they come out as well. We're getting new rumors each and every day. So thanks again for making Locked on Giants your first listen today. Now make your second listen The Locked On MLB Podcast. MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories around the league. Follow the number one daily league-wide podcast, Locked On MLB, on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. Once again, my name is Ben Kaspik. Check me out on Twitter at Ben Kaspik, K-A-S-P-I-C-K. If you like this show, please consider rating it or leaving a review. It helps me out tremendously. So thank you in advance. And thank you to everyone who's done so already. Can't wait to be with you again tomorrow. Thanks again for listening. Stay locked on Giants.